In the following live session recording, Lynn Pryor, publishing team leader groups, Lifeway Christian Resources, leads the session entitled Creative Bible Teacher, Engaging Adults with the Ways They Like to Learn. We all learn in different ways. In this session, the listener will hear how to use eight approaches to teaching and learning to help group members learn, remember, and live out God's Word. Let's join Lynn now. Right. Well, what we're going to do is right, we are going to talk about some creative ways of, of teaching. And uh, I'm going to get, get past my video here because our audio is pretty lousy. So you missed your Ferris Bueller clip. What we're going to do is we're going to talk about these eight areas where we like to learn. Uh, anyone ever work in the school system, education? All right. Uh, in the school system, they talk about multiple intelligences. Uh, and it's the idea there's ways that we like to learn. I'm going to give you a handout with some of this on here. So, uh, but there's these eight ways we're going to kind of walk through that we like to learn. So let me, let me tell you this about these eight. I, I want to kind of walk you through these. And what you're going to see is, well, there's two things I want you to see. I want you to see yourself. And when we walk through these eight, you're not going to go, okay, that's me, I'm that one. No, you're going to be two, three, you're going to be a mess of these. Uh, you, you just, I resonate with that one, I, I resonate with this. You're going to be a, a mixture of these. But also, while we're going through this, I want you to think about the people that you lead week in, week out. Teaching a class, preach, think about what they're like. Because you're going to see, oh, that's so-and-so near to a team. So we're going to just kind of walk through this. So let me, uh, let me, I'm going to, what I'm doing, I've got here is a handout, uh, and it's very blank. Because I did that on purpose because I want this to be a jot sheet for you. I want you to write down things that kind of catch your attention. Hey, how you doing? Come on in. Thank you. So we're going to walk through these. So you're going to see yourself, but I also want you to think about those that you work with. Uh, to see how they kind of fall in there. All right. So let's begin with this one. That's the relational learner. Relational people learn in group settings. Uh, you think inter any inter interpersonal relationships, discussions, they like team assignments, they like group activities. Anything where they're interacting with other people. Um, we do this we do this as adults all the time. If there's a there's a, a Something breaks down in the plant, you pull the team together. Pull in the engineers, you pull the guys that work on the lathes. Okay, we got to figure out what the problem is here. And collectively, they come up with the idea. Uh, and so what we do is we do in Sunday school is give them some opportunity to, to have discussions in smaller circles. Uh, people talk better when the group is small. It's just the reality. I don't know if any of y'all teach any of these large, large classes. You know, a lot of people are kind of proud when they have a class of 30, 40 people. To me, Sunday school needs to be a small group. It needs to be a small, small setting. 8 to 12 is ideal. When you start running 15 to 20 every week, it's time to think about growing your class and by multiplying, by splitting your class. It's just because the larger the class gets, the less likely someone's going to talk. If you ask a question, it's easy for... I see this every time I do a conference. There'll be two or three people in a large setting that will talk to me. Mm -hmm. Everyone else just sits there. And we're kind of a pretty comfortable group here, other than the fact we really don't know each other well. Uh, but uh, what you, so if you even have a large class of 20 people, take some time. So I want you, I'm going to give you a question, and I want you in groups of, uh, just in groups of three or four, I want you to talk. Now everybody's having an opportunity to talk. Any kind of assignment you get, just them getting smaller groups to do that. How many of you are in high school, remember those, sometimes it's the English teacher, uh, maybe a science teacher, where you had group projects, and you're all going to be graded on the group project? How many of y'all loved doing those? Anybody? Anybody hate them? Why, okay, tell, tell me why, why you did not like those. There was always somebody in the group that didn't do their job and didn't get it. I, I had to do the work if I was going to get the grade I wanted. Yeah. Because they were, they were, everybody was just watching and waiting. I hate 
<laughs> but there are there are people that resonate. Now, one of my sons, he's 34, and he did well with these group projects, but he liked the interaction process of it, that we're doing this together. Yeah, and it's inevitable. There's going to be someone who's going to make carry the load, and there's going to be a slacker in the group. But there are folks they love to do this kind of stuff. Now, I'm mentioning this one first because uh, I think there's value in letting people talk. Uh, build relationships around Bible study. So let me just burst a bubble real quick. Your people who come to your class do not come because you are a great teacher. Okay? It's just that off. They come because of relationships. They come because there's connections in the group. And so I, uh, I am not a fan of lecture. I, am not, I, I want to find ways to engage them in many, many ways. And I think, I mentioned this one first because I think it's critical to give them chances, opportunities, just to talk to each other. Not just random stuff. You know, what did you think of the game Friday night? Not that kind of stuff, but where you throw a question related to the study. What do you see that we could do with this, this passage we're talking about? How does it affect our lives? And just let them talk. And when it comes to application of a Bible study, I've done it where sometimes I'll just... I mean, I know, to me, the application may be obvious, but I will just throw it to them in groups and say, so what? What do we do with this this week? And I'll let them talk about it. And all of a sudden, they're beginning to engage right where they are and talking it through. And if I have them smaller groups, more of them are going to participate by actually thinking because I've got to say something to the group. So, uh, we're in relational learning. Uh, find ways to do good discussion questions. And I do, I, when I say asking questions, it's not right or wrong answers. What were the names of the 12 disciples? Uh, what was the word Paul used in verse 12 that's so significant? You notice, it's not those kind of school type questions, but it's questions like, what is your gut reaction when you think about what Joseph's brothers did to him? And like, because questions that get them to think. If you were in that situation, would you have responded? How would you have responded? Questions that are kind of open in you to get them talking and talking to each other. Questions, comments? How do you do this? What I hate is when they have class in the sanctuary and everybody sits as far away from you. How do you do You're talking about a class in the sanctuary. How many is in the class? I've been 20 or so. Okay. 15, 20. Not a very big group, but they still. You got all the churches I serve are very small. Um, our our huge church has two hundred. Okay, I've got some ideas. I'll throw it out. How would you How would you get people who are sitting on pews where they, they could have some discussions? <clears throat> I'd either do one or two things. I'd either move them to the front or I'd move to the back. But I even see that is there something about the pews? It's almost like they're expecting to be, you know, lectured, to yeah. preach to. Yeah. How do you, you know, I've done that. I've, I've moved back or whatever. They really don't like being powerful. Uh, well, that's how it's no, I, I, yeah. I, 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 I agree. But how do you, how do you get discussion when they're all sitting this way? Part of that's because some of them have their back to each other, yeah. as opposed to the way we are here. Yeah. I have unfortunately taught those situations. In fact, last week I was in Louisiana and I had 59 in this particular group. Uh, and there's only, we had to be in rows. I hate rows. Right. So I just said, okay, I want you just right where you are, just turn about. You know, like three people in a row, they became a team. So you just kind of have to lean over and talk to each other. It was ridiculously loud, but uh, it works. See, the, the, I, reason, one reason I don't like rows is just because of what you said, that it becomes, the focal point becomes the person who's standing at the front. I like to do some kind of a semicircle since when we're all sitting here, now I realize we have two rows, but there's still a sense we kind of see each other. Uh, I often, once again, you're confused. Uh, I usually teach, I just sit in the group. I'm just, I'm just part of the group. Uh, the pews, it's a little harder, you have to stand there, but I, I, you can still get, okay, three of you guys right there, y'all just become group and talk. Uh, I've also done this with uh, I think you could still do this in a pew. Um, I brought playing cards to church one time. <laughs> and, uh, but but I, 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 uh, I, because people always sit together in the same 
Same so uh, with chairs or right under another pew, so say, okay, I want you to look under where you're sitting and there's a playing card. And you know, just they're taped on But okay, if you have a diamond, I want you to gather gather over here. If you have a club, gather over here. And uh, and they will you're forcing to create new groups to talk. Uh, and, and you can do that in a uh, uh, even with pews, yeah, just I, really in a straight line. I, I did it with, uh, I just did it with one, twos, and threes. So when I'm just standing the door, hey, just did one, two, three. All right, all you want is to do two. All right, let's try this. I want everyone to stand up. Just put your stuff right where it is. And I want you to come and I want you to stand up here. And I want you to get in order up here by your birth, your birth date, your, you know, just month and day. All right, but wait. I want you to get in order. January 1 January. would be right here. No, wait, 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 wait. Don't get ahead of me, Darwin. All right, okay. December 31st down there. So I want you to get in order, but you can't talk. You're not allowed to talk. So I just found a fun way and a creative way to break your whole right, You guys can have to change that. That is. And I will tell you, I was an interim pastor last year in East Nashville for a year. And that was my biggest battle. They would sit in the back. They sit. I finally said, folks, y'all look like you don't even like each other. And they did. Uh, you can't still get them to talk. It's, you just, it's going to be three people here or four people. Uh, just kind of, I usually say circle the wagons. You can't do that with a pew, but they can still turn and face each other. Uh, you get them talking like that, and you throw the right questions at them. The fun part is the teacher is, okay, guys, i got to call time. I need mean, a full spot now. Let's go look at the next verse. So, uh, so anyway, I'm a big proponent of finding ways to do group activities and uh, let them do things in groups uh, to talk things through. How many of y'all would say you're relational? It's kind of. I, I would. I, I, I mean, I, I enjoy having conversations. But then you said the lesson at school. Yeah. Yeah. Because they're great. Yeah. They're great. Yeah. I think that's true. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. There are some people, though, in your group that when they get a chance to interact like that, it enhances learning for them. Now, granted, if, I, if we were doing discussions, we could all learn from that. But those who are relationally intelligent, they, that just it just sparks a fire. They, they really get it when you do it in that kind of setting. So, all right. You'll see more of this as we go along. Let's talk now about the musical learner. Musical learners are those who, they enjoy music. Uh, they, so any kind of rhythmic activities, dramas, self-expression, you know, I'm kind of just moving around. Don't think necessarily musician. Um, uh, a musician, a piano player, could very well be a musical learner, but it can also be that, that guy who can't sing to save his life. He is so often. But music in the setting helps him learn. All right, taking you back to high school. How many of you, when you did your homework, played the radio? All right, we did. All right, a couple of y'all did. That's a little bit of this. You know, when we listen to uh, the Beatles, Millie Vanilli, or whoever we listened to back in the day, had nothing to do with algebra. But there's something about playing have that music in the background that enhances the learning. Now, once again, everybody can learn from this if you did something musical in your in your group. But those who like this, that it, it just it connects with it. The, the, it brings learning to a new level. So what do you, how do you do this in Bible study? Well, 
there's, I mean, there's some obvious things. You could sing a song, okay? Yeah, um, you know, I've got a super, I've played a song. Played a short song. And so, okay, now, based on what we've been talking about, I want you to listen to this song and tell me where, how you see this song connecting to the passage we just talked about. Now, for your musical learner, that three-minute song they got more out of that connection. They got more out of the Bible passage out of that than a 20-minute lecture. And I've done this with secular songs. Mm. To play the song, it's okay. Now, in light of what he just sang about, Eric Clapton or whoever, how does that connect with, how does that gel in line what the Scripture says? Yeah, put them in groups, relational guys are just talking away. But musically, they, it helps them make a connection. It, it, it just works. Uh, I've done this where you write a song. Write a song based on the passage we've been looking at. Because this idea of this rhythmic, the lyrical expression of it, uh, it helps them think through the passage. And they write a song. I was at, uh, y'all been to Ridgecrest probably, some of y'all been to Ridgecrest before. I was doing a conference like this at Ridgecrest one year, and so we came to the end, we were going to do some activities. And so I'm having this one group says, I want y'all to going to write a song based on the passage. And there was this one guy in there, older guy, he's our character. He just fussed up few and just have some fun with it. And so at the end, they had these little groups, and he, they got up and did their presentation. He's the guy who led the group. <laughs> and uh, he just, he got behind it. And... Uh, so once again, he may have thought he was musical, but he jumped on it and helped them. And uh, by the way, you know, most of the, if people have grown up in a Southern Baptist church, most of their theology comes from where? The hymn book. The hymn book. And so there's something about music that they remember things. I remember doing doing a Bible study where we had to do a song. I, I this was years ago. I still remember the song. Come listen to the story about a woman at the well. The way she was going, she was going straight to hell. I, remember, I still remember the song. Uh, <laughs> because those things stick with us. Uh, and, uh, and so, once again, you can find some ways to bring that into the room. Uh, of playing a song, write a song. Uh, uh, and sometimes even when you have discussions, play a song in the background. You know, just something musical. Now, they're talking, they're doing something else, but the music is in the environment, and these folks, if they eat it up, it just, it just enhances the environment. Y'all are going to think I'm nerdy, but when I edit, I sit at home, because you know, I work at Lifeway, I sit there and edit, I play classical music. It um, just helps. I, I picked that up as a cell. I, I do not listen to honestly, classical music. <clears throat> yeah, it's just something, I th when they're singing, when there's vocals, I have to shut it out. Unless it's awkward, I can't understand it anyway. Uh, but yeah, it's just... Yeah, I can't even listen to instrumental music that I'm in the words to. Yes, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> you start, start singing yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but that's a little bit of musical learner. It's just, uh, it is. So just find some fun ways to do this in the Bible study study. All right? So how many musical learners in here? I'm not going to ask you to sing. Or Buy it? Well, okay. My classical music and reading works study. Yeah. Okay. I'm off the chart on this one. All right. Let's talk about the logical learner. Logical learners, not always, but they're often mathematical. They like to do problem solving, uh, debates. They do interviews. Logical learners learn well. They can see the solution five steps before you're there. That's that guy. If you play chess. He can say, I'm going to have you checkmate in five moves. I don't even know what my next move is going to be. But they can see where they're going to take it. Uh, I put the Rubik's Cube on the, uh, this image on this for, for a reason. My youngest son, he's 31, he is off the chart logical. He found my Rubik's Cube from, uh, I had one of the ones from, when did it come out? 1980, 81, somewhere in there? Yeah. I had to go buy a little booklet. And in a month, I got that thing put back together. And when I got to put it back in, I put it in the closet. So my son Daniel, he's in middle school. He found that stupid little Rubik's Cube. And he figured it out. Hey, Dad, mess it up. So I mess it up. He'd come back in my room about two, three minutes later. You know, it was all put back together. And there's several things in his life I began to realize. This is him. He loves math. 
Um, but he said that idea you can see where you need to go four, five, six steps before you ever get there. Now, there's two of these I'm going to identify for you uh, as the smart people. Not, not, that not that they are smart, but they get labeled the smart people. This is one of them. The logical learner often, he is so smart. Engineers are often, you know, because they, they can do those complicated math things. So what does this have to do? You can do algebra in, as you study Leviticus? No. Um, but look at the idea like uh, debates, interviews, things like that. Give them an opportunity to, to these are the ones that they want to be asked a tough question. Have you ever had a, a person come up to you after the Bible study and say, you know, and it's not even related to Bible study. So I've been reading this in the Bible and, and uh, you know, it, it, it says such and such. And, you know, what, and, and they almost sound antagonistic the way they're asking it. Why would Jesus say something like that? They're not necessarily being antagonistic, but they like that give and take. They're going to throw you the hard question because they're thinking about it themselves and they just want to, they're going to play devil's advocate because it's helping them learn. Now, if you ever work with, with, uh, with teenagers, you'll hear this a lot. And I realize they're just trying to figure things out, but they're using me as the sounding board. So, uh, don't be afraid to ask tough questions. Uh, I did a debate, I was leading a college group. Uh, and I started the Bible study with this. Uh, I put two signs on the wall, one that said agree, one that said disagree. And I said, okay, here's, here's the thing. Um, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself. I said, I do not believe in God. Now convince me otherwise. And it's, well, the Bible, you know, the Bible says, well, believe I'm an atheist, I don't believe in God, therefore I don't believe the Bible. Why do you believe there is a God? And we wrestled with it. Uh, I, I did this too with the same class group. I said, okay, tell me why killing is wrong. And they did the same thing. Well, the Bible says so. so I don't believe in the Bible. So why did you say killing is wrong? So they would, keep, they would keep throwing the ideas of why it's wrong. And finally they got so frustrated. They said, I don't know why it's wrong, but it just is. That's exactly. See, there's something God has put in us that tells us. There's a, there's a morality. We, we, we don't know how to, but God placed it there. We were doing a study in Romans 1. And I use that just, okay, let's, we're going to look at Romans 1 now about how God has shown himself, how there is a sense of right and Now, everyone participated. Everyone did. But the logical people love that kind of stuff. Now, we <coughs> ask come, uh, convince each other, do a debate why, why, you, why this side believes there is a God, this side believes why they're, they're going to argue why there is no God. I'm not going to create atheists out of that. But in a debate, those over here have been assignment, okay, you're going to be an atheist, tell us why there's no God. He's trying to think through all the reasons. What would an atheist say? But he's also thinking, what's this group going to say over here? Because remember, they see both sides of it, and they're going to be thinking it through. They're going, all right. Um, they're the atheists, they're going to say this, so I need to be prepared to say this. So they're thinking all angles of it. Again, I'm not turning anyone to atheist, but I'm getting them to think about it. Think about, you know, you know well, again, how, how do you work with an atheist? How, how, do you, how do you begin to work with them to plant seeds? And it gets Is that the group that, that says, uh, if you don't see it before you see it, you're not going to see it? The atheist? No, no, no logical. logical. Say that again. If you don't see it before you see it, you're not going to see it. It's, it's actually, actually a spiritual concept. You don't see it before you see it. You're not going to see it. You don't see it before. That's interesting. I have to ponder that. <laughs> see, I'm not a logical person. I need some time to think that through. It's like, oh, okay. That's interesting. Salvation's that way. You don't see it before you see it. You're not going to see it. So God opens our eyes. Yeah, yeah. That's right. So there's a lot of good things you can do with this in those discussions with the tough questions. Uh, I, I do like doing the debate thing. Uh, uh, agree, disagree statements and let them talk it through and things like that. Uh, I'm not logical, so I'm not raising my hand. But how many, any, anyone here feel like you're a logical learner? Okay. Any engineers in the room? All right. Well, we'll be called engineer by OIT, but... Okay, close enough. But that's a hard feather to witness to, like an engineer. There's got to be a reason for everything. Yes, you, you, you can't come to salvation that way. No. Just set that aside. Yeah. 
I have to watch this because that's that's where really I go to, and I can just get into the nuances and stuff. And I start talking to my wife, I can see her kind of glaze over because she's not the logical. She just like I said, you can see the glaze over. So then I always have to remember I need to teach to her too. When I'm teaching, I can't go logical. I've got to work with these other areas. Yeah. Now again, do you do something logical, uh, an activity or a way of making things in your classroom? Even people like me who are very un we'll still learn something. We still gain from that. But these logical guys, they're just yeah, you're really hitting them on, on in every way. So again, we we all learn from this. I mean kind of stretch our minds a little bit if you do make me think logical. Let me ask you this, and I say this all seriousness. I mean that's definitely how I think, how it has been. And I don't understand why other people don't get it that way. So uh, my question is, do these other forms of learning struggle to wonder why people don't think they, they do as much as logical people do? I think that's true. Okay. I think, I think uh, when we talk about verbal, sure. I'm off the chart verbal. I, I get so frustrated with yeah. people who are not logical. Yeah, I get, and, I, and I'm, not, I'm not talking about foolishness. I don't, but. I'm just talking about people who don't think the way I think, and I go, what is wrong with you? Yeah, I, I get that. I'd be like, yeah, I don't, I've, I've come to recognize that people, there it is. I'm, I'm married an artist, okay. Oh, I know. I've come, I've come to recognize people, people see things different ways. Yeah, like, not, like I, I drive a Mini Cooper and go to church with a bunch of people that drive pickup trucks. So, well, I mean, recognizing the differences. In I'm the, married a music teacher. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, you know, 40 years of that. I think good examples, Michael Jordan, they said he made a horrible coach. Oh, yeah. Because he could not get it if people didn't get what he had. Right. So I like I said, I, I have to watch to make sure I balance that. No, I, I think that's, I mean, I think it's exactly, one of the things you, there's no question about whether or not in communication teaching as well, you've got to recognize the fact that, um, that everybody doesn't think like you, so therefore when you're putting it out there, it's just not, I mean, it's one of the reasons why I'm, why I'm in the class. <laughs> because I, I need to learn how to make sure that I'm communicating fresh and thinking about it and, and, and putting these things out here. I mean, if you're going to be a good communicator, you got to study how other people think. So, I, But I, I understand. I mean, I get frustrated with people. I'm like, I don't, I don't even understand why this is an issue. And, and, I do understand. You know, I, I do try. But, but there are times when I just go, wow, I don't know how you don't get that. Well, but when it comes to learning, I mean, we're talking about methods of learning versus just methods, methods of thinking. And like, I get frustrated with myself. He's, he is very much a physical learner, um, maybe even maybe even musical. It's my guy's Wyatt. Um, and for Russell Russell. Yeah. Um, and, and as I'm trying to work with him, and I can, he, ha he gets roadblocked, and it's just, you know, he's in third grade, so it's things that I'm like, you should get this. You should understand suffixes and prefixes at this point. <laughs> and, and, it, and I mean, I understand what you're saying about getting frustrated because you think those, those simple connections, those simple things that you should learn of, of well, you know, pre means before, and un means negative, and, you know, those, those, those definite connective uh, word or word parts um, you, you but it just doesn't work for him you've got to figure out some sort of way to um, help him really more it really physical because he he learns better if like you're touching him or something it calms him so that he can he can focus on the work and stuff like that so but for me yeah it, it, there'll be times where I just like, oh. <laughs> that's what I pass it off to my wife so <laughs> Why do we have debates? We have debates in my class. What's that they eat? Debates. Debates, yeah. Um, this is a fascinating discussion. That, uh, you, just because I get it now. Because there's areas in my life, I'm, we'll talk about these later, that it's so obvious to me and it's not to others. Yeah, right. I, I was just thinking for the trip down here. So, pastoring several, we were standing in the group. I had just invited somebody else. We had somebody drop out, and I had, it was Wednesday night. And I was, you know, I had a couple of people on the list. I said, "Hey, listen, I'm sorry to pay for. Would you like to go?" You know, so first, yeah, I'd love to go. You know, and it's okay. And so I said something, you know, and this, that, and the other. You know, and I said, "Hey, I'll put you a picture of the, from the hotel." And she said, "Yeah, that'd be great." And and she says, uh, "Just shoot me a, you know, a text message with all the details tomorrow." And I looked at it and I went, "Oh, 
And I went, see, I thought I just sent you the details. That was the details. But you need more than that. Okay, I got you. You see, I got, I mean, I, I, you know, that, that, that was the deal. That's all I got. You know, that's all I, you need more? Okay, let me, let me work through this. And somebody laughed. They said, yes, she needs this, this, and this. I said, okay. But I don't my phone and text her. <laughs> but, I, but, you know, I mean. I, and it's funny when it's the other way around. And, and she, I mean, it's where, well, Alan's this way. Alan and I are different the other He'll give you all these details, and they go, I got it right here. I'm fine. Right. But, you know, it's just the opposite. It's just, I, don't, yeah, I don't understand. Please don't tell Alan. Yeah, well, our, our personalities are different like that. So. He does. Yeah. Well, I know um, it's kind of interesting because I'm not musical. In some way, my daughter is. But um, you hear people say, I just love Psalms. Psalms is about the hardest book for me to read through as I'm going through because I'm just I'm not poetic. I'm not musical. I just don't get it. I'm like, why don't? Why did he say it that way? It'd be more logical to say it this way, you know. Like, so yeah, yeah, my heart just hurt when you said that. That's <laughs> one of my favorite ones. <laughs> <laughs> it may be good because I really slow down when I get to Psalms because I don't get the poetry. I don't get that kind of stuff, and so I do slow down with them. But I, I really, when I'm reading through the Bible, I really struggle with Psalms. Wow, that's fascinating. I have never heard that before. That sense. It makes sense now that you said it. I can do. I mean, give me Romans. Let me. That's logical. It's like. <laughs> yeah, and see, I hit Romans four, Romans five, uh, Romans eight, and I go through it methodically. I got to okay. Now I've, I've thought through that phrase. You know, I, I just, I just, I have to process. I'm, I'm a slow. I'm. This is very not me. Which I means Psalms is supposed to be read slowly, so that the ideas can all be. And if you just read it in a hurry, you're not getting. Very, yeah. It's just it's meant to be. Proverbs is the same. Just enjoy. Yeah. No connection. Yeah, what you're saying about Romans. I mean, that's by the way I put together all my sermons anyway, because that's the way I do it. I have to just take and 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 scribble, ask asking questions to myself. As I have to, especially. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's talk about now the natural learner. Natural learners, they often like being outdoors. Yeah. Uh, but they like physical objects that are used in learning. Uh, natural learners like to classify things. They like to sort things. They're okay getting their hands dirty. Um, my wife is off the chart on this. It, you should let her go take a hike. And she feels so close to God. Not a nature worshiper, but being surrounded by nature, it literally gets her in tune with thinking about the Creator. Yes. Yes. Um, yes, yes, and yes. So, um, now, how, so, right, what do you do for your natural learners when you're sitting in a Bible study room? Well, uh, take them outside. No, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's humid. You know, it's hot out. Bring nature into the room. You know, I, 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 I use this last phrase, physical objects used in learning. They learn if you... The old term used to be object lessons. Y'all remember that? Okay. Yep. That's the principle. You bring something physical into the room to teach with. And natural people, it just... They perk up. They get it. Um, I, I, I can tell you a dozen stories about this because I, I love doing these kind of object lessons. You're teaching about... You're in John chapter 4. Jesus and the woman, uh, excuse me, not, not John 4, John 8, the woman who was caught in adultery. So you bring everyone a stone. Just let them hold a stone. Read the passage, those first 11 verses, and say, okay, hold your stone. What are you thinking about? And let them respond. Because holding that physical stone and then hearing those phrases, that passage, it, it, it brings a new light to the passage for them. And then they process, you know, I've, and I've seen this where they just set the stone down. Although I would try this with eighth grade boys. Don't give them a rock. Uh, but I knew a guy, uh, I thought this was great. He was teaching about uh, the, the parables of Jesus, and there's, uh, I'm not going to get the passage right. Matthew, is it Matthew 4? Anyway, where Jesus stood in a boat away from the shore and he taught. He brought one of those little John boats, brought it into the classroom, 
And he stood it and, and taught his class. I thought that was great. Alright, let's try this. Jesus and the woman at the well. This is John 4. Um, where Jesus used the phrase about the living water. What is something you could bring, a physical object to bring in to teach that class, that your group, about, get them to thinking about living water, to think about Jesus says they were thirst. What's something you could bring in the room that's a physical object you could use to teach with? What? Water. Okay. All right. Let's run with that. We don't want this run. What would you do with the water? Have a microscope and get all the microbes in. <laughs> water a plant. Okay. Give it life. And it'd be good if you could bring one in there as weird it by the time the class is over, it'd be perfect. That's good. Cool. Yeah, what is it again? It was filled. It was filled. Oh, a flower. It was filled. I would do the stagnant water and, and the other water. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't bring the microscope. Well, I would just think about living water. But I would have the. What's in there? You want to drink this? That's good. I had a friend that was teaching a young marriage. He brought a blanket to Sunday school that morning. It was on the, where they lowered the man down through the roof. And he had a group of kids put another person on that blanket. Call them out the room and towed them downstairs, and he had a turn in the stairs. You know what, what these guys went through to get that man down. I'll tell you, the those kids probably still remember that. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. How yeah, about the living water? Um, I know a pastor's got one of these. It's a magic gimmick, but it's a a jug, and you pour all the water out of it, and you stand it back up, and you toss a bit, and you pour more water out of it, and it'll do that about three or four times. That's cool. Wow. I uh. Here, here's an idea. Teaching about John Schwartz. Just bring pretzels and press pretzels around the room. Now what's going to happen to your group? What do you think is going to happen? You're thinking about water. Yeah. It just there's lots of things. By the way, I found as a preacher when I've done this, that's what they, they remembered those sermons. I remember that sermon you did with the stick. Uh, and, uh, you know, Moses' staff. I just had a stick with me. But they remember those things. Uh, I even did a, uh, a jawbone of an ass of a donkey for uh, Samson. Yeah, it was a jawbone of a cow, but uh, it's a jawbone. They remember those things. I remember when you did such and such. Uh, so I always like to look at my passage and to see, is there something that just, either something physical related to it. Now, narrative passages tend to be a little easier, where it's a story like the woman at the well, uh, David and Goliath bring a rock in. Uh, but even your, your didactic passages which more teaching. Uh, for instance, Paul uh, talked a lot about take off the old man put on the new. So I've done that with clothing. I didn't take clothes off. But uh, you know, just come and wearing just you, you just you have something old, an old jacket or something, and you begin to take it off and you have a new jacket or something to put on. Uh, and uh, that communicates that's the idea that he has here. I even did this one time. I uh, uh, I came in with flippers, uh, an aviator cap. I'm trying to remember what else. <coughs> Just this gosh awful jacket I had. It was obnoxious. And talked about how funny it looks. He says, but you know that's what we look like to the world when we wear old clothes. When we wear the clothes of the old life, we look out of place. So look at your passage and see what jumps out at you that you can teach with. I don't think this is this is why I hate to see so bad the death of our eggs. It just don't seem like I find hardly any any church that teaches our eggs anymore. Uh, but I remember it, it is sad because you have so many churches took in Boy Scouts and now look what Boy Scouts are doing. It's like why didn't you do our eggs? Because I remember learning so much from those guys and they might teach you a, a tie knot and then they're teaching you a Bible story. So it wasn't necessarily tied to the Bible story, but it, it got my mind going. Uh, so I wish RAs would become, especially like so with Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts from where they are, that they would bring that back into churches. I mean, going out, going on a hike. I remember going uh, with the, the men and going up in the mountains, spending the night you know, in, in a tent, but you're around a campfire and he teaches a Bible story. Don't forget. Uh, going back to the stones, 
I knew that we were going to have a lesson about when, and it says that when we get heaven, we, God's going to have a stone with a new name on it for us. Mm -hmm. I brought each one of them a stone, and I had to put a question mark on it. And I told him, I said, now, what do you think your name's going to be? Of course, we don't know. And they said, what am I They said, you mean I got to learn a new name for myself? <laughs> she had a nickname, and she finally convinced everybody not to call her by the nickname. And she said, I got to learn a new name. <laughs> and great. so, you know, we talked about the, the new name that we're That's going great. That, that, that's a great example of doing this. I, Jesus taught the parable of the talents. I, I, my research, reading the commentary in the book, read what a, a, a talent is. It was a weight. And I'm not going to get my numbers right. It, was, it, was, it seemed like a talent was going to be about 76 pounds, something like that. So I pulled out the newspaper. saw what, uh, uh, is it a troy ounce? Is that what they call it? Gold? I mean, what, what the ounce was. Confirm with the value. So we, I got out in the parking lot. We had this parking lot with all this loose asphalt. And I got a piece of asphalt. It's already loose, okay? Don't tell the deacons. And I spray I went to the auto parts and bought gold spray paint, spray painted to gold. And then we sat in a circle and I just it was in the, sitting in the room when we walked in. It was already there. I never said a word about it. So we got into studying the parable of the talents and talked about the ten, the five, the one. And then I began to share with them what a talent was worth. And it was fun to watch them. All of a sudden, I had never referred to a stone but to watch their eyes. They started looking at that and realizing that's it. And, you know, we feel sad for ourselves when we only got one talent. You know, we feel bad. He says, do you realize that one talent? And I forget, it was several million dollars that year it was worth. So we think of one talent's nothing, but it's invaluable. By just using that, not even have to hold it up and talk about it, it was fun to watch their eyes make the connection. They remember those things. So who's natural? Who's a natural worker in here? All right. I figured you were if you were stone story. I've got one other uh, example. Is uh, I love to teach about Noah's Ark, and you can take adults out, but especially kids, and stand right here and say, "I want you to walk as far as you think Noah's Ark was big," and. Other than I had two boys who were trying to outrun each other and they went into the woods, uh, I've never had anybody go far enough. And that's like if you go to Kentucky and see the replica of Noah's Ark, it blows your mind. Uh, but it's like I said, it's fun to see adults. I want you to walk as far as you think. And I said, most people are going to go half as far. Uh, and it blows their mind how big that thing is. That's great. I want to come back to that in a minute because that is this and it's going to be another one here just Natural learners. All right, now let's talk about the physical learner. This is the other. Physical learners are those they like to move around. They enjoy using their bodies. Uh, so, do you think in terms of any kind of role plays, creative expression, anything that they can move around? Uh, don't think athlete. It could be an athlete. Athletes, many athletes are very physical learners. They can also be a person who you hand, you hand him a basketball, he tries to dribble and he misses the floor. He's that unathletic. But the fact he can stand and he can, it's when he moves around, he learns. Now, the example you just gave Noah's Ark, that is a natural because it's physical, they see it. Uh, it's, it's natural because they can visualize it, but it's also physical because you're actually having them move and step it off. That's great. Um, the, the, the exercise I did to put us in different groups, we're going to do some relational learning and all in different groups. Stand up here and, and switch places. It'll be your birthday. That's physical learning. Now, what do they have to do with the Bible study? Really nothing. But you've now engaged them because they've got to stand up and move around. Now we need back in the chair. They're, they're, they're ready to engage. Now, i got to tell you, this is one... I don't get. This is not me. But I've learned, I've got to step out my comfort zone and do some things like this because it helps them learn. Uh, the, the debates, the agree-disagree, I mean, I can say how many of you would agree with this, how many disagree, but I found if I put signs on the wall and have them stand up and move around, everybody learns, but now I'm engaged those physical learners. Uh, my son, who's the Rubik's Cube, 
He was a junior in high school, and one afternoon he comes home with a note from all his teachers saying, Daniel falls asleep in class. Every parent wants that note. Uh, so we, we went and we met with the, the school counselor, and all the teachers came to the early morning meeting and with Daniel, and finally Dad got him convinced. Daniel gets plenty of sleep. He was never the kid, still today, he's not, he'll go to sleep, he, he, he sleeps. But his problem is when he sits long, he zones out. So here's what the teachers did. And they all agreed to this. Daniel, we want you to sit in the back of the classroom. You always put your prom kids in front. But they won't sit in the back. Says, so when you start kind of wanting to zone out, we want you to feel free to get up. Just you know, walk a little bit. That's fine. Daniel graduated with His grades shot up. I got the, I don't get that. So but that's not me. So... Find ways to let your group move around. Now, you're thinking, okay, that's great because he was a high school kid. He was, he was 17. We never outgrow the way we like to learn. Mm. Keep this in mind, especially when I'll show you another one. We never outgrow the way we like to learn. And the 60-year-olds in your room who are very much physical learners, they like to move around, they still like to do that. Now, maybe we may be a little slower at it, but there's something about the moving around. So, now I've given you some examples where you kind of change rooms around. Now, this idea of role plays. Yeah, get your, get your, your group of men to do a role play sometime. Now, I'm talking about a great performance, but just get out, because the, the, uh, you put them in a little group and they're gonna, okay, we're gonna, we're gonna give a, a what if example. And they're gonna have fun with it, they're gonna laugh about it, but it's in the process of doing it and acting out. These guys love that and they engage in learning. I mean, they really do. Once again, I don't get this, but I found with groups that we were doing a study of Esther, and it was all guys. Okay, keep in mind, Esther, <coughs> Vashti, you know, okay. There was an Esther and a Vashti in that group, but they, they got into it, and it helped them learn. It helped them really engage with the passage. This is not me, but I learned. I had to learn the hard way. They enjoyed doing it. So find ways for them to move around. Every once in a while, do something that, that calls for them to act it out. Do something like that. How many, how many of you guys in here are physical learners? Anybody? Me, okay, me neither. Yeah, it's partially. A, partially. Yeah. Um, I like plays and all that kind of stuff, and I like doing a little rollers. You like watching it more than doing it, though. Yeah. Well, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's talk now about the reflective learner. The reflective learner is sometimes quiet, but they like to think internally. They're going to process information. So these are the ones who will enjoy a lecture. If you've ever challenged a group to start having a daily quiet time, spend time with God on a daily basis, these are the ones who are going to do it, probably do it first. Because they don't mind just them and God and a little bit of quiet. They don't mind that. I told you there's two groups that get labeled smart. One was the logical learner. This is the other one that gets labeled smart. Because you'll be having a discussion. Everyone's talking. I'm the one. I'm talking, talking, talking. Us preachers, we're probably all the ones doing all the talking. And then this person just speaks. I hadn't said a word. But what they say is so deep and so profound. Wow, she's so smart. Well, here's the thing. While we've been talking, she's been thinking about it for 20 minutes. She's been thinking it through. And so when she says something, she's not verbose. She just gets to it and really she just nails it. So that's why they get labeled smart. So, what do you do in your classroom? Because we're talking about doing all this relational, interactive learning. Occasionally, let there be a time of quiet. If you use a book with your group, uh, some kind of a, a Bible study resource. It's okay, guys. Uh, I want you to look on page 94. And there is, I want you just to read that third paragraph and ponder that question. Don't, I just want you to look at that. We all learn, but your reflective learners, oh good, I just have a chance to really process this without having to hear Lynn talk the whole time. 
and just so they 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 love that. Now, for my musical learners, sometimes I might play some music in the background, just to engage them. But give them a chance to just be. So you do a journaling activity. You know, just okay. I want you to write down a prayer. How would you do this with God? And then be quiet. They love doing that. Any reflective people in here? Good deal. All right, we have two more to go. This one is the visual learner. Visual learner likes what they see with their eyes. So they enjoy visuals, posters, uh, creative writing, art activities, dramas. They like watching the dramas. If you're a visual learner, you love the fact that I'm using a PowerPoint right now. Um, I, I love, we have uh, the curriculum that we produce, we have a, a pack, leader pack, that has big giant posters. Uh, visual learners love those kind of things. Just having something on the wall that helps them communicate. Um, now I want you to look at this thing here of art activities. Okay, Lynn, this is, we're talking about helping adults learn. And now you're wanting to do art activities with adults? Yes, I am. Let me, re let me remind you, we never outgrow the way we like to learn. We never do. Now, I'm not saying get crayons, all right? Um, but oh, let, me, let me tell you this story. I was pastoring in San Antonio, and the senior, one of my senior adult ladies' classes came to me and says, Brother Lee, we want you to teach our class sometime. And I've never at that point ever taught senior adults. So I got their book, and I just picked it up, and I followed the plan. And that morning, it, it called for them. We had a big tear They sat on the table. So I had a big butcher parachute on the table with markers. And they were illustrating something that was out of the passage we were doing. Brother Lynn, this is the best class we ever had. So there's something about the fact we never outgrow the way we like to learn. They, they love that drawing activity. So I've done this with adults many times. Sometimes I'll just take it. You know these kind of tables where you can sort of, you actually set them on end and they kind of brace themselves. I put a tear sheet on that right by the front door. And I would say, illustrate ways you think our culture views such and such. You know? Uh, and so I would have, and they just let them draw, draw pictures. Stick figures are fun. I would bring that into the room and then later on during the Bible study, I would refer to what they said. The illustrations they had. Now everybody gets the opportunity to draw the visual learners love doing that kind of stuff. They love it. Show if you have a video clip. Show a video clip. Uh, now I would I would suggest that you preview it first. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there's even a site called uh, Wing Clips um, that has video clips from secular movies, and they'll even you can even on their site put in the topic temptation. And it will give you a list of, your, and they'll show you, you can see the clip. Uh, and I think you have to purchase to download, but they're, they're not, it's not expensive. And it's, it's, it's maybe a two, three minute video clip. And I, I love to use those. I had a video clip I was going to use, but my sound is uh, not cooperating. Uh, so uh, find ways to do things like that. Now, how many of here, you, you'd say you're a visual learner? Okay. I'm visual, but I'm not artsy. Give me a diagram. I'm a logical visual. <laughs> exactly. That means logic. Yeah, I can well, see, here's the issue. You, you have a logical, reflective teacher who has that packet of art and posters and is still in the envelope at the end of the court. You understand what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. We yeah I know what you're talking about. We don't use it. That's, no. They don't see the point. I would find myself that way. Okay. Which is why not everyone gets a pack, which is fine. We don't. Re that's why in our plans, we don't require the pack. But where I should have been kicked is that people in the class I was teaching could have used that. Yeah, I'm not going to tell you which one in the pack, but there is one particular item in the pack I don't care for. You know, I leave the team that has Bible search for love, but I can say we're not doing that anymore, and it would happen. But I keep hearing from my team, we love that, we love that. And we found I found out other classes they love that one type of item. It just once again I've got to step out outside my comfort zone, and so I do use it. Example of me being visual, I worked with priesthood in kindergarten for 27 years, and you had to do all this stuff here with the kids. 
teach them. You know, we uh, used things to uh, bring, bring to their mind what we were trying to teach. Sure. And we certainly think about doing that with kids. But what happens, it happens is we do this with all the kids. We do activities, drawing, they move around. And somewhere, I don't know, at fourth, fifth, sixth grade, certainly by the time they hit middle school, it's time for us to just sit and have Bible study because we're growing up. And then for the rest of our lives, we sit in a chair while someone talks to us. We've never outgrown the way we like to learn. And so, and they've got, they've got condition to that. So when I get a new class and I do something like this, they sort of look at me. And I find, we're just, just going to have fun with it. And it takes them a while to get into the, and then they start recapturing that. Uh, so I, uh, <laughs> uh, it's sad that we've kind of got unconditioned out of that. And I'm very visual, so I like anytime I can use a video clip, a poster, anything like that. And for me, a visual, maybe there's a henological in there, give me a visual, that time chart that shows like the kings of Israel and Judah. All of a sudden, I'm getting it. Oh, I see how they can. I love those uh, time uh, timelines. Uh, maybe that's a little logical thing, but it helps me make sense of it. So who's visual in here? All right, let's talk about the verbal learner. It's simple. Verbal learners enjoy words, period. They enjoy writing them. They enjoy reading them. They like speaking them. Anything to do with words. Give them the, the personal study guide, whatever you're using for your Bible study resource. Let them take it and read it. Read it during the class. Have them do some journaling activities. Just write out that prayer. Uh, sometimes, before you answer this question, I want you to write down how you would say that. Uh, give them chances. Now, by the way, we talked about relational learning. Okay, We're going to put you in groups, and I want you all to come up, and you're going to... Uh, dig on this passage and I want you all to tell the rest of the group what you learned. All right? That's relational learning. But when they make the presentations, it's likely going to be one of the verbal people in that group that's going to make the presentation. See, here's the difference. Relational people like to talk. Verbal people are good at it. <laughs> they just have a way of just capturing it and running with it. Now, I do mention this one last for a reason. For my educators, please don't get too mad at me about this. I mentioned this last because it's the one that gets done the most. Uh, it, it just is, and I'm not picking on the public school system, but when I grew up, everything, almost everything we did was verbal. Read this, write this. I have a twin sister. And when we were in moving into the fourth grade, I got moved into the accelerated class. She stayed in just a regular class. All the way through high school, even all the way to the end, I was accelerated. She was regular. I graduated a year early. I just worked the system. It's really what I did. I graduated on 16. I went on to college. I went on to seminary. Twice. My sister went one year college. It wasn't her thing. She got into banking. So I'm now I'm reading about all this stuff. My sister's off the chart in logical, physical, hands-on things. Right. I'm off the chart here. Yeah. So why did I do well in school? Because school... You want me to read that textbook? Sure. Give me a stack of books to read. I'm happy. Uh, and so, and once again, I'm not picking on teachers, but it's it, we do this a lot. And uh, so I'm not dispelling it because this is me. But I have to make sure that as I lead a group, I don't go overboard with this. Mm -hmm. uh, by the way, this is the other thing that drove me nuts. I think I was in my 20s. And so I was talking to my mom one day. And she says, well, Lynn... You do know your sister has a higher IQ than you. Well, gee, Mom, no, but thanks a lot. <laughs> and then I'm reading all this, and the thing is, I was perceived as smart because I like doing all this. Because that's easy to grade. My sister was off the chart with anything that she could do with her hands. But technically, however you, you know, she's smarter than me. So we're all smart. We just show our smarts in different ways. And it's the same in your groups that you lead. So, 
uh, we're running real short on time. I've got one other thing we're going to do here in a minute. Let me just offer you this caveat. Of these eight we've looked at, don't do all these on Sunday. Next week. Yeah, don't do all of them. You will wear your group out. And I, I'm, I'm saying this from experience because when I really got caught up in this, I tried to do as many of these as I could every week. And they walk, and they're so, we're doing this, we're doing this, we're doing this. They don't remember what the Bible says now. Do one of these. Now, I mean, you're going to do more of these, but like you're, you're, probably every week you're going to do something relational and probably verbal because you're going to have them talking. Uh, one week, do something musical. The next week, don't do anything musical. Uh, just put variety in how you do it each week. Make a world of difference. All right? So, I'm going to do something real quick here. Um, and I'm going to see, uh, we go on over to, I can't read. Gerald. Gerald, okay. You're, you are going to be a group. And I want you to take one of these. We don't want you to take one of these at random. Take one anyway. All right. So we're over, you are going to be a group over here. Take one of these away. All right. You have the same passage. You have, it's Matthew 20, Matthew 6, verses 25 through 30. Now, you're not going to have time for a long, grow Bible study. But let's say you're leading a group. And with the, y'all have a different, one of these eight approaches to teaching and learning. Okay. What is something you could do that might help engage a learner who is like this one, who's relational? Uh, just come, and then I want you, you're going to make a presentation to the rest of us in just a moment. Okay. You got five seconds. We don't have, we can't come to our point. All right, time. I have no idea which one y'all got. Who wants to go first? All right, thanks for volunteering. Well, which one did y'all have? Yeah, physical. Physical, okay. Yeah, y'all can do it or you can just some tell us. What would, what's a physical activity that we could do? Do we have the same verse? Yeah, y'all have the exact same passage. Okay. Uh, don't worry. So, <laughs> yeah, so what it would is you have things that would be represented in the in the, in the passage. So you have food, you have drink, you could have clothes, and have different among different uh, participants in the class and a trash can, and one by one they throw the things into the trash can, kind of representing that they're not they're not important, they shouldn't be what you should be. They're, they're a big concern. She was talking about checkbooks. Checkbook. Yeah, I mean, you could say you could bring it more modern and have the things that are important. Let's go. Oh, so far away. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Burn it. No, or, oh, the devil. see, you could put the table when everybody walked into class, and everybody had to put their cell phone in as adults on that table when they got there. Right. Mm -hmm. That is great, because I can't do it without my phone. Right. Yeah. We think our kids are supposed to. That is great. All right, that's a physical idea. All right, and what, what y'all have? We had natural. Okay. Ooh. All right. So we, we had the same idea that they did to bring in the food and the flowers from the outside, or even to go outside, of course, you know, if you're able to do that. So the, here are the birds, look at the birds and the flowers and that sort of stuff. Okay. We talked about not worrying about where our food's coming from and our clothes, and that God provides. McDonald's. I mean, that's where my food comes from. That's great. Now, and you see what happened here. There's a little overlap. Because some of these, they, they really do overlap. Sure, sure. Which is fine. And then there's some of us that learn the chunks of every bit of it. I mean, really. Yeah. yeah because yeah. when you went through that, I don't put myself, I, I don't see a strong, but there's all kinds of that. Exactly. you got people. I'm not logical, but I'm just going there's ways I can learn I like we were gonna we were gonna do musical, but we didn't get. We were gonna play. Don't worry, be happy. You know, yeah. <laughs> All right. Now I want to show you what you just done. You had less than five minutes, and you came up with an idea to go from the passage. Now there's a reason I chose this passage, and I don't have a copy of it in here. If you use Bible studies for life, that's your September first passage. And just a shade over a week, that's the passage we are going to be studying as we start a study called Simplicity, finding our contentment in God. Mm -hmm. So, uh, now, what we do in our plans, in, in this Lifeway curriculum with Explore the Bible, and a go the Gospel Project, uh, Bible Studies for Life, we give you a teaching plan, a group plan. 
But we include in there some ideas, not that are musical, that are physical, natural, just kind of options there to try. But I want you to see what you did in less than five minutes' time. All it has to do is for me, to, I need to take some time to think this through. What can I do that would capture their attention in a different way? So, glad y'all were here. I want to honor your time because it's getting close to 8.30. And, uh, and uh, so uh, I'm glad you're here. Um, I'm going to give you one last hand. I didn't want to give this to you early because I really wanted you to write your own notes down. Because, once again, I'm a verbal guy. I want you writing. Uh, but this is a, a, another list of some teaching learning activities uh, for these, these eight approaches. So. Let me, let me uh, close this with a word of prayer, and uh, we will be through. God, I thank you for the uh, evening we've had together, even just for this short, not even an hour and a half. But Lord, thank you for the, the, I, I thank you for the commitment in this room some teachers, some pastors, to give up this weekend for training to become better equipped to what you have called them to do. So Father, guide us in our own respective ministries to see the ways that we can engage the people in the way that you created them, with their unique ways of learning. Help us to be engaging with them. Just lead us by your Spirit. Thank you what you're going to do. And it's in your name that we pray and we trust. Amen. Amen. Glad y'all were here. Thanks.